What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome into today's podcast. It is January 23rd, 2023. Uh, 23 23 duo today. It's going to be a jam packed day. Uh, apologies for taking the time off and break. I honestly was taking a little bit of a break to see. Um, just kind of see how the numbers would do and what you guys are wanting to listen to. Today's podcast is going to be a summary of the weekend that it was for the NFL. I'm going to go through some of my small takeaways, not my full list. Uh, I got a couple things on Mariners, a couple small things on Seahawks, and then we'll talk about the week that it was for the Kraken, and then we're going to bounce out for today. If you guys enjoy today's podcast or the ones in the in the, in the, um, in the past, excuse me, as well as the ones for the foreseeable future and the, and the topics I bring to you on a day-to-day basis, please do me a favor, subscribe and leave a rating. That would be much appreciated. We have to start out today's podcast by simply saying, who day? Who day, ladies and gentlemen? Um... Cincinnati Bengals are legit, the real. Um, this team is so incredibly well built. It's balanced. It fire. It fires. Well, if I can talk today, it fires on all cylinders like a perfectly grease oiled machine. Joe Burrow, real deal. Uh, when he was drafted, you, you just never know. These are lottery tickets, right? I mean, he had one of the greatest, uh, you know, seasons for a college quarterback in uh, college football history. The unprecedented, undefeated season at LSU, all that good stuff. Uh, he had Chase, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That team was stacked, right? But if you look at what this team has done, Zach Taylor, absolutely phenomenal job with this with this team. They, the Bengals, for the entirety of my life, and I am 30 years old, um, have been bad for pretty much three quarters of my life. The only time they weren't bad was when they had like Chad Otocinco, TJ Hushmanzada, um, Andy Dalton, stuff like stuff like that. They were never great. They were always mediocre at best, um, as Richard Sherman likes to say, oh so famously. But you have to give respect where, where respect is due. First of all, you went into Buffalo in a snowstorm and completely beat, you like, broke the horns off these poor Bills' foreheads with what you did. You embarrassed them in their own house. I, there's so many questions to ask in this game, but first, let's go through some of the stats and then I'm going to get into my takeaways. Uh, see here. Josh Allen, 25 of 42 through the year, 265 yards, no touchdowns, one pick sacked one time. That's pretty much doable, besides for the no-touchdown part. And part of that no-touchdown part is the fact that Stephon Diggs, visibly upset with Josh Allen at the end of yesterday's game, uh, 10 targets, 4 receptions, total for 45 yards, over 35 yards. There are so many questions in Buffalo today. Um, is it Sean McDermott? Is it Sean McDermott and Josh Allen? Is it Josh Allen? Why did Josh Allen take a, a serious regression back step this year? A lot of people do not remember. He has an elbow problem that is like a pitching, like an MLB pitcher issue for, a, for an elbow for a forearm. This is a legitimate problem. I did not see a lot of the zip in the arm and the throws we saw at the beginning of the season. It's His arm, like, went, like, it died in half. Like, he lost 50% of his arm talent this season with that injury. It's a little scary because this is kind of an injury I've talked about with Matt Stafford with kind of having that dead arm. I don't think he necessarily has the dead arm, but it's clearly apparent that Josh Allen needs some kind of off-season help or some kind of surgery or some kind of treatment or therapy. That's given. But the lack of a running game in Buffalo has been the been the glaring problem. That defense in Buffalo is pretty good, but they just have these moments where they play sloppy football. Tredavious White, multiple times yesterday, you wrapped up uh, a wide receiver and a tight end, impeding, stopping their momentum in their route. Referee's gonna call that every single time. I don't care if you need contacts, you have glasses, you have, you have you know you have every kind of enhance, vision enhancement possible. You look at that and you're like, yeah, you you, you can't do that. Tredavious White is a Pro Bowler. I believe last season he was a first or second team All Pro. DB before he, he got hurt at the end of last season. Dude's a baller. He can play. No disrespect towards him, but he played a sloppy football game. They seem like they allowed the Bengals to dictate the terms of yesterday's game, and they just responded, or they just reacted to things. They didn't set the, set the, the uh, tone early. Uh, Joe Burrow came in, was very efficient, didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. I saw maybe one touchdown pass that he missed in yesterday's game. They were magnificent. The defense was playing mean for Cincinnati yesterday. Eli Apple was all over Trayvon Diggs, or not Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Diggs, excuse me. Um, We'll get to Trayvon Diggs uh, a little, little bit later inside today's show. But I want to just propose this question. And for those, for those of you who reach out and ask me questions, I will look forward to your response on this question. Should the Bills continue to build around Josh Allen? 
Like, I know it's probably a ridiculous question after what I just got in talking about with Josh Allen having uh, arm issues and some kind of an elbow injury that's going to obviously impede him. But like I was talking about with the running game, there's multiple facets in this team that are weak. Their wide receiver core, really good between Gabe Davis and, St and Stephon Diggs. Dawson Knox, the tight ends, really talented. But uh, I didn't see a whole lot of uh, Isaiah McKenzie in this game. There's a little bit of Cole Beasley sprinkled in, but he chose not to play due to his own vaccination beliefs, stuff like that. I'm not going to get into that on this podcast. Not what I do. But it's... It's such a confounding thing because if you're the Bills, you have so much talent. And yes, losing Von Miller really hurt this defense. I get that. But one player on that defense should not remove the identity. And maybe that's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not saying this correctly. I, I'll look at maybe I'll see your guys' comments and responses and however you reach out to me. Um, but I just look at this team, these two teams. And Josh Allen May has made way too many careless mistakes this season with turnovers. He has been so turnover prone. Granted, he only had one interception and one sack. You get sacked one time in a playoff game, that's really good typically. But there was just no offensive production to speak of for the Buffalo Bills in this game. Cincinnati put their clamps on them. They locked them down on defense. They forced them to run the, the football, which they couldn't do at all ye yesterday. I would not be shocked if they went out and they go out and get the best running back possible this offseason, whether it's trade, whether it's free agency, whether it's draft. Um, I know they drafted James Cook this last season. They traded for Naeem Hines. Naeem Hines had a couple of good, great moments on kickoff returns, but he hasn't done anything in, in the running game. He's more of a scat back anyways. But I just got to say, Bengals are real. They're legit. They're, they're the second best team in the AFC without question. It's Kansas City and it's uh, and it's the uh, Bengals. So I look forward to seeing this upcoming week's matchup. We'll get into that in a little bit later. Uh, Eagles sword of victory, 38-7, an absolute smash mouth, embarrassment football game. The Giants were just simply outmanned. They just were. They're young. Uh, they are promising Brian Dable. I got to give him a hell of a lot of credit. He is one hell of a head coach. He's seen to have Daniel, Daniel Jones going in the right direction, but there's a lot of animosity between front uh, front office and administration between them and Daniel Jones's camp and his and his representatives. This is not going to go well. I honestly don't think the Giants are resigning Daniel Jones. I think they'll go out and bring in maybe Derek Carr would, would be an option in New York. He'd be a good fit there. But Daniel Jones, just not, it's just not enough. I, I just I just don't know another way to really cut this cookie. You know, I don't know what more to say. He was a great story this season. But as far as uh, the landscape of the NFC East goes, the Giants need better quarterback play. Their defense is growing. Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, or Thibodeau, excuse me. Uh, they have other, you know, uh, rising players, but they're still a couple years away from being truly, uh, you know, competitive in that conference, especially when you have the Cowboys reaching as far as they did, as well as they played like garbage ye yesterday, which I'll get into here in just a second. But um, a lot of respect to Brian Dable and that front office and the coaching, uh, the coaching scheme and the coaching staff. So props to them. And you're on the next season, and uh, we'll see what happens in the upcoming future. NFC Championship game, 49ers and Eagles. Speaking of the 49ers, woof, 19 to 12 win over Dallas yesterday. This is a defensive smash mouth performance. Uh, man, I gotta, I just gotta be honest with, with with everybody listening to this. I'm not a Niners fan. I'm never gonna be a Niners fan. You've never convinced me to be a Niners fan. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, the passion of 10,000 Suns. They are the version of the uh, the anvil version of the New York Yankees to me. I will, I can't stand them. But here's the facts: Brock Purdy outplayed Dak Prescott. Mike Shanahan out schemed, out coached Mike McCarthy. Shocker! Mike McCarthy was out coached. That's a theme. Look at what the Niners have. A smash mouth defense. They have a, they have a quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. It's a great story. He really didn't do much. Uh, a couple passes he got lucky on, a couple opportunities he got lucky on, but he made the right decisions with the football. Um, and that's that. I mean, they had a decent running game. Uh, three guys over 50 yards on the ground yesterday. George Kittle led the way with 95 through the air. Brock Purdy is doing Brock Purdy like things. Um, but the Niners are going to run on this running game. They're going to continue with what, what they're accustomed to, with what they do best. They're going to have a defensive smash mouth performance. They're going to come in, get you off balance, make you upset, get off your playbook, get off your scheme. And then they'll just hand the ball to Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and the crew. So our matchups are set. Chiefs, Bengals, 49ers, and Eagles. And then the very end, I just want to say, Trevor Lawrence, man, you had a massive step this year. I'm incredibly, I'm incredibly impressed. I'm incredibly proud of Doug Peterson and the job his coaching, uh, his coaching staff has done after the absolute ruins, fiery, burnt ruins, ash-covered ruins that Urban Meyer left that franchise to be. And they really, like, they, they emerged like the Phoenix in Harry Potter. 
where he was reborn from 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 his ashes. Because Trevor Lawrence, we all knew he has the talent. He has the ability. Uh, the roster, it's building. Travis Etienne, pretty good running back. Uh, obviously, they traded James Robinson. They have Marvin Jones, uh, and they have I think it's Zay Jones too over there. So I mean, they have players. Evan Ingram, absolute stud. He's a focal part of their offense. They have a great opportunity to keep building in this year's draft, which is what they're, they're going to need. Uh, offensive line could use a little bit more help, but he needs more uh, wide receiver options in general. This would be a good draft, draft to do that. Uh, Jackson and Jigba from Ohio State's in there. There's a kid from TCU. There's Jordan Addison. There's Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. You got a bunch of names to look at. Just a couple of the top names for wide receivers in this year's class. Mariners. Okay, I got to just, um, I got to keep this real for you guys. I want to keep you guys updated. For those, of you who, for those of you who do not know, we have a legitimate, massive uh, possible problem, I will say, in Mariners land, in the Emerald City Faithful. Aaron Goldsmith, this emerged on Twitter the last couple of days, uh, was first uh, quoted and named as one of the finalists for the St. Louis Cardinals head commentary uh, booth uh, booth position. Uh, this morning, it has been updated that he is the front runner for, for the position. I'm going to make this very abundantly clear so you guys know where I stand. If the, if the Mariners lose Aaron Goldsmith, it's a massive loss to the organization. No, it's not Dave Niehaus, because Dave Niehaus is Dave Niehaus. It's a completely different conversation. There are levels to this. All due respect to Aaron Goldsmith, Dave Niehaus is our, is our legend, right? Aaron Goldsmith invigorated and reignited the energy for this team, for this fan base, for this, for this crowd, for this Emerald City faithful that I love and call so much, to bring attention, viewers, and eyeballs back to the Seattle Mariners with his enthusiasm, his genuine calls, uh, his dedication, his consistency, and his just professionalism on and off the, you know, in and out of the booth, uh, radio calls to 710, ESPN, uh, MLB uh, Network, all that stuff. Aaron Goldsmith and on Fox is so highly respected for his talent. But let me make this abundantly clear. If you lose him, you have to find somebody of equal stature to bring in here. And I love Ryan Roland Smith. I think he would be a fine addition. It would be a step down. No, absolutely no disrespect towards Ryan Roland Smith. He's an ex-player. He has great insight. Um, also, another idea would be Angie Mentek. However, I just don't want that, to be honest. That's my, my personal opinion. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Ladies who listen to this podcast... Um, I really appreciate you guys listening. The reason why I say this is because it's the, uh, it's the flow. It's the combination. It's the ins and outs. How do they reflect off each other? How do they work as, as, as a tandem? Stuff like that, right? Angie Mentek is incredible when she comes in and, you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks to fill in and whatnot. But my personal opinion, uh, she just talks a little too much for, for my personal liking. Um, that's probably going to sound hypocritical because all the other people and all the other guys or gentlemen who are inside the booth probably talk as much or maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. But it's my personal opinion. It's just where I stand. Aaron Goldsmith, I love you for what you've done for this organization, for this fan base, for this team. It's It's been a pleasure. I hope it's not the end of it, but my gut tells me he's going to go. He's from St. Louis. It's his hometown. It's his dream job to return back home. The Cardinals, obviously one of the most prestigious organizations in Major League Baseball, and it would be a huge loss, but... um. I hope that, I obviously, I highly, highly, highly doubt that anybody in Mariners Brass listens to this podcast, considering there's tons of other people like me who do this. But please, if you need to double this man's money, do it. You want to triple this man's money? Do it. You need to get a better way to give more involvement for this organization to, to, to keep him around? Do it. Do whatever you have to possible to keep Aaron Goldsmith in, the, in this organization and in our booth, because losing him would be a very sad day, especially in the course of his offseason for our Seattle Mariners. Mariners re-signed Mike Ford. Woo-hoo! To another minor league deal. This is just another small signing I've been bringing you guys up with. Uh, J.B. Balkoskis, or Balkoskis, whatever how you say his last name is, that they did last week as well. I think nothing of this move. I think nothing is going to happen with this move. I think this is strictly just a depth option for, for AAA in case of Ty France, knock on wood, if he gets hurt again or something along those lines. Obviously, I hope that doesn't happen. But it's it's a real conversation. Is like, you know, Mike Ford has had the ability to hit right-hand pitching. He can't hit a lefty to save his life. So, therefore, I question again. I would almost want to see more Cooper Hummel at the opportunities at first base. We just signed Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella! Uh, to a major league, a major league deal. It's a minimum for a major league signing, which is seven hundred fifty grand with a with a major league invite to spring training. Uh, he is on the forty man roster. 
I uh, I like the signing. This cannot be the signing Jerry was talking about with a left-handed uh, bat that they're going to bring in, as he mentioned, on the Brock and Salk show a couple weeks ago. But uh, Tom is going to bring a veteran bat. He has, fun fun fact for you guys who don't know this, he has less strikeouts in his career, for the entirety of his career, than Eugenio Suarez did in last year's season alone. Uh, Tommy is going to come in. He's going to be a high contact. He's going to be around 240, 250 batting average. High bat-to-ball skills, high baseball IQ, all the stuff that Jerry and Justin look for. We talk about all the time on here uh, with their signings. But he's going to be able to fill in. He was uh, a lot of DH last year. He can play first base, a little bit of third, a little bit of corner outfield. So can be looking at the same role as Sam Haggerty, Dylan Moore. We talked about Dylan Moore at second base, Sam Haggerty in left field. So this is just another option, another major league option bat in case, you know, Kellenic struggles or they have Barry knock on wood and injury of some sort of fashion. Seattle Seahawks, uh, Vikings and Dolphins have requested to interview Sean Desai, who is our assistant head coach here in Seattle, for their head, uh, for the vacant defensive coordinator positions. Um, I think if the in, in between these two, I think probably the Vikings is probably the more realistic option because of the fact they did hire Ed Donatell, who was a hiring at the beginning of last offseason, and then he re, uh, renoked his or re revoked uh, his contract with us and then signed with the Vikings instead. And that was a blessing in disguise because Ed Donatell's defense ranked the worst scoring and points per points per lot per game in all of football. So we obviously got the better end of that stick. So that's just a little bit of a side note for you guys. So I wanna I wanna have this conversation briefly because I posted a Twitter poll up on this. There was a fair amount of response on that, so I want to kind of address this for a minute. Uh, on the Brock and Salk show, and I reference Brock and Salk a ton because that's my main guy or my main show uh, that I listen to for Seattle Sports Station. Uh, Drew, or excuse me, <laughs> Drew, Mike Salk proposed a question, a brain question, you know, kind of a brain power question, right? Would you rather give Geno Smith $30 plus million a year to have him return on a three, two to three year deal, whatever Pete and John and his representatives are able to come to a, an agreement on, or to save that money, uh, sign Drew Locke for five to 10 million, 10 at the very top, so you're probably looking between five and seven million for, for Drew Locke for this year, considering he didn't touch a football this year at all. And you spend that $20 million extra on a defensive lineman. They talked about Drew on pain. Uh, there's been a conversation about Montez Sweat. There's also been a conversation I've heard recently about what if you were to package or use one of your first round picks or like a second round, a high second round pick to go and try and get a Max Crosby from the Raiders, which I think would be phenomenal. Um, I think he'd be the number one option to get as far as a defensive impact and rusher. There's been conversations about Zadarius Smith uh, for the Vikings. That was locked on Seahawks with, with, with Corbin Smith. I'm not big on that. I don't want him. He's 30. I just think he's on the on the decline, and he's not nearly the impact the player Max Crosby is. Somebody asked about um, DeForest Buckner from the Colts. Uh, I think that's a decent one. I still he's doing so much money. And same with, with Max Crosby. You're going to be taking on a bunch of money in these deals. Uh, but in the landscape of the situation that we find ourselves in in Seattle, we have to find a premier edge threat to get on this team immediately to pair with Uchenna Nwosu, Daryl Taylor. Uh, Daryl Taylor is two years away. Uh, essentially, he's an opt-in uh, opt contract year next year, and then he is a restricted free agent or, or a UFA. I have to look up the exact details. But he's going to be a free agent in some kind of t context in a uh, year after next. So you're going to be needing pass rush. You're going to need pass rush help. This is a good draft for it. Uh, Tyree Wilson, I believe the, guy, the kid's name is, out of Texas Tech. Obviously, I talked about Miles Murphy. Um, there's tons of names. I'm not going to list every single one of them. Obviously, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, all those guys that we've been, you know, talked about a handful of times here. But... I, it's like, do you, do you lean towards the, you know, the person that you know and the comfortability and, you know, the, the reliability and knowing what Gino is going to give you, right? Knowing or assuming that you're going to get a similar production in the next year, Gino, you got from this year, Gino. And there's a lot of people saying, you know, I know a friend, a friend of mine who's a diehard Niners fan, um, was like, are you really going to pay Gino Smith 30 plus million dollars? I was like, well, that's the going rate for, for, uh, for QBs. He goes, you only had one year to prove it. So you look at teams like Tennessee, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, um, possibly the Rams, depending upon what happens with, with, with Matt Stafford. Um, I think Matt Stafford will, will return because of the fact Aaron Donald and Sean McVay returning. But you, the, the, the main conversation point here is that there's tons of teams that are going to need quarterbacks in this upcoming season. Geno is going to have options. He's going to have other teams that are going to be interested in, in his services. What if Green Bay trades Aaron Rodgers? Do they see what they have in Jordan Love? Or do they say, hey, let's get Geno uh, Smith in here. He could be a one-year fill-in if they don't believe in Jordan Love, which I think they'll probably go Jordan Love. But just hypothetically speaking, of course. So I, uh, 
this is an incredibly intriguing, polarizing conversation because there's so many good defensive players coming. There's, uh, I'm not going to get every single name here because there's literally like hundreds of names on this. But there are premier edge players in this year's draft. Like Deron Payne, it's going to cost you $20 plus million a year because he's young. He's 26, I do believe, and he's coming up in his free agency. He's like really, really young getting into free agency at that point in time for his uh, production and overall playing on the field. So I'm curious what you guys feel about this. If you guys want, I'll re repost that poll up on Twitter, see what you guys think. Uh, capital P N W Professor, you can find me there. Uh, see here. Apologize for the break. We're going to touch on Kraken just for a couple seconds here, and then we're going to hop out for today. Kraken have lost three out of three out of the last four. Um, I said by John Forslund, this team is just tired. I'm just watching them skate, trying to understand. I still don't know much anything about hockey, to be honest with you. I'm trying. I'm getting better with names and stuff like that, but there's just so much uncertainty with this team. Uh, a lot less uncertainty, obviously, than we had last year. They're a good team right now, but they're tired. It's hard to really evaluate what's going on with how tired they are based on how much they've had to travel in the course of this season, so... I'm going to keep my ears and my eyes down on this. I'm going to try and watch a couple games this week to get more of a flow and understanding. Because I've watched a couple games this season, admittedly. Um, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but I just don't understand it. And I know that I won't understand it unless I watch it. So I'm going to be dedicating more time to that this week when I get to that. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. It's a little bit shorter than normal. I try to keep them right around 20 minutes. So we're a couple minutes short of that goal. But please do me a favor. If you guys really, if you guys do enjoy the, the, this podcast, please tell your friends, your coworkers, your significant others, stuff like that. Help help me spread this brand and this, and this content. And if you do enjoy this, please subscribe and leave a rating. I'm at 13 reviews right now. I would love to challenge you guys and try and get 30 by the end of this month or maybe even 25. Let's try and double these numbers. I know I have, a, I have over 100 subs, which I'm really thankful and appreciative of. Thank you guys so much for doing that. It means the world to me. And I would just really appreciate if you guys could give me some ratings and stuff like that. Um, I'm on every podcast platform possible. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all that good stuff. So with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Um, have a fantastic start to your week on a wonderful start off for one day for Monday. I almost said one day. And uh, I will uh, talk to you guys probably Wednesday unless we get some breaking news for the Mariners. And until then, see us rise. Go Hawks. Peace.